Welcome to competency number five, a bi-weekly podcast on maintaining calm and presence when coaching, leading, and living our lives. I'm your host, DG McCullough. In each episode, we interview those finding joy and clarity through being present. We also document my attempts as a communications coach to certify with the International Coaching Federation as a Master Certified Coach, an excellent and very strict training for maintaining presence. So step away from your work and join us for a bit on competency number five. Well, I used to be in a marching band, out of school, I made a new plan. My guest today is right beside me. And I'm not going to introduce him because he's so articulate. I'd love him to um, introduce himself. All right. Thanks, David. Thanks for having me. My name is Eli Fujita. I'm currently in a career break. I've been doing executive leadership roles for the last 15 years. I'm a dad. I have three kids and a dog. This week, I'm actually enjoying the three kids and the dog only for myself because my wife is in Kenya attending a training. And that's it. And I'm a student of mindfulness meditation for now about a year, actually going into my second year in this formation to become a mindfulness meditation teacher. Maybe. I don't know. Oh, lovely, lovely. Well, and we were talking about the format for our chat today, Helio, and I love your idea you suggested. Start to ask yeah, me. Maybe. Ask me about meditation. Go right ahead. So tell me, tell me, Debbie, first, why are you interested in meditation? And then second, have you tried it? How was the experience so far? Yeah, I, I'm very curious about meditation, Helio, because as a busy working mother, I find sometimes throughout the day I'm holding my breath. I become a shallow breather. And even though my job as a coach is to help others be grounded and peaceful, sometimes I notice just through the ebbs and the flow of my day, I'm not too grounded and peaceful. I'm not as stressed as I used to be in my youth. I think getting older and wiser, you notice it earlier. Training to become a coach, I have learned to notice earlier the somatic changes in my body. But when I've struggled, and I, so I know my clients and my listeners would also benefit from insights on how to get better at it. But I've also tried to meditate in the past, and surprisingly, I'm disastrous at it. I think I do everything that you're not supposed to do, which is be really rigid with myself. When my mind wanders, I give up. I don't really experiment with lots of different – I'm very creative. You know that about me, Helio. But mm-hmm. I, for some reason, I just give up. I don't bother trying different methods. I just try one or two and go, ah. I have ADHD, and I think that's part of it. But I think, too, I'm very disciplined in other areas in my life, so there ought to be something I really want to get better. And, and if I hear you, so if I hear the why is a lot about – being grounded, being mm. present, being able to notice your own uh, somative, as you said, so what's going on with your body, uh, but also when you are with customers, with yeah. clients, people that you coach, to notice what's going on. So it's a lot about noticing. Yeah. And I, what I, you're I was... saying is also the, the struggle of the practice itself. So maybe you told me a, a bit of a few of the challenges. What have you tried to do? How did you meditate? What yeah. was the practice that you did 
that you feel that was not so easy to do? Yeah, great question. I'm thinking actually when the most disastrous attempts of meditation occurred in my life, they were in very structured environments. So for instance, I started off my life in America in San Francisco, which is probably the center, the apex for meditation learning in America, perhaps, right? Or one of them. I went to Monterey, California, another beautiful place. I went to Big Sur, another beautiful place all for the purpose of learning meditation. And then the other one that comes to me as a reporter, I got hosted by this luxury ranch called Rancho La Poeta in Baja, mm-hmm. Mexico. And again, there was this meditation class and it was a five-day mindfulness retreat for all kinds of activities, including meditation. And I think it was the pressure. I felt pressured and that fought like the guided, the way it was guided to me, I felt like it was pressure and I, everyone else seemed so peaceful around me. And there I was, my tummy grumbling, thinking about hunger or uh, thinking about what was next or an anxious thought might pop into my head. I think the other time I've really struggled. I've tried meditation at bedtime. I am in a menopause and one of the universal symptoms that many women suffer from in that time is insomnia and just night wakefulness, just really active mind. And I'm not anxious. I'm just thinking, just really thinking too much to fall asleep. Even in those times when I put on a guided app, ah, the calm app, the guided meditation, I get annoyed with the voice or I think this is garbage. How did this person get their job? Or Mm -hmm. this woman's voice, I get very critical. Like this woman's voice is so fake. She sounds like she's in a Hollywood studio. I don't trust her and I tune it out. See how critical I get? It's quite extraordinary. And I think what you're describing is not uncommon. So basically, because I think the intention that you have Mm. being present and Mm. and grounded is actually the goal of meditation. Meditation is more a practice to enable you, in my experience, to enable you to be mindful, to be present to what's happening here and now and to the vastitude of things that are happening here and now because now we are talking but I'm also breathing, I'm sitting, I'm touching my chair, I'm looking at you, there's light in the room so there's a lot of things, the feelings that are going through myself so the idea of meditation is actually in my perspective is to train you to be mindful and present present for life as life happens all the time. That's the intention. But what you experience, it is exactly what happens with any human being that has a brain. You start to think about what's happening after and what happened before. So our brain is always busy with something. Interesting. Distracting us from the present. Mm. So, and I think what people sometimes we need to demystify is we typically think about meditation with someone sitting down in a very calm posture with the eyes closed and just doing that and kind of, in a way, peacefully controlling the brain. But in reality, meditation has many, many forms. You Mm. you can be walking and meditating. You can be washing the dishes and meditating. You can be looking at outside and meditating. There's many different ways you can be Praying, if you are of any spiritual inclination and meditating, 
So there are many forms of doing that. I think the key thing is more how each one experience what you're trying. Mm. And the experience in itself is already a learning because sometimes you will notice that, for example, sometimes there are times that I'm meditating in the morning and typically my brain thinks to go much forward rather than looking back. It's much more about what's coming next, what I need to do, etc., than coming back. So you start to notice certain patterns, and that's the intention, because then later, hopefully, these patterns become more automatic. So a question to you is, when you practice, I heard a little bit of feeling of uh, like uh, that something went wrong. And yes. you're almost like hurting yourself that mm. it didn't went according to what you expected. I think that's part of it. Like, ah, oh, I've made this intention I've punctuated my day for this moment to relax and get my listen to my voice it's like Debbie you punctuated you made the space make use of it so I think part of it is frustration and annoyance at myself that my brain you know it's got this very rigid definition of how I need to be and have to be for this to be worth it worth my time So I think Mm -hmm. that's part of it. And then I don't think I'm a, I don't think I'm doing a good enough job grounding to notice that even just sitting and being, whether my mind is fully anchored or not, has already created a benefit. I'm not able to notice that perhaps. But here's the interesting thing. When I am very, I'm successful at meditating in two moments. One is when I paint or draw or create with art. When I'm doing that, I am in a flow state, which is extraordinary. And I can feel, I think, what meditation, when it's not, see again, the the language I'm using, correctly done, according to the rule book, I think I experience that feeling because I notice I breathe more deeply I'm in a trance, a chicken could walk into the room and I wouldn't notice because I'm so in the moment with the art and the color and what's changing. And especially when I do things like alcohol ink on tile where it's very explosive and or I'm tilting the the alcohol ink on the tile and it just explodes into these different amazing forms, I'm captivated. And I think all my senses are really in tune in that moment. And I have the discipline and the structure to do it at bedtime, 30 minutes for before bedtime. I do fall asleep better, much easier, more easily. And I think the other time, in the middle of some really bad insomnia over the fall, an Indian doctor I hired on plush care, a remote teledoctor service here in the States, taught me this new t- breathing technique. You're probably learning it, have you, in your excellent training. You close the nostril with one thumb. Mm-hmm. Breathe in, and then with the forefinger, breathe out. Breathe in with one. Breathe out with the forefinger. And when I do this practice, I do notice I'm breathing deeply. So what, do you know this one? There's a name yeah. for it. I've forgotten, but it's very effective. Yeah, and Debbie, I think what you were describing with the, the two thoughts that comes to my mind, one is, what you're describing with the painting mm. is exactly this, this idea of 
being present in that moment. Sounds like that when you are doing that, you're actually going together with each one of the brushes, feeling mm -hmm. your movements, seeing the colors changing, noticing what's happening. So that's the practice. So, and I think it seems that that works for you. So I think for each one of us, there are different practices that works better or not so good to enable us to, at the present moment, be focused solely on what's happening there. Mm -hmm. That's the of becoming mindful, mindful of how your body is connecting with whatever you're doing and what's happening in that particular moment. So that's a good practice to, it to, is. to keep going, right? And guess what? It happens when I coach. It's one reason why I've fallen in love with coaching as a practice. Coaching has helped me meditate. When I am present, fully present with my client, and it happens as soon as we're anchored in, usually at the top of the session, I just anchor in, I'm standing on my acupressure mat like I am now, and I say, how are you? Or a, a variation of. And as soon as I cue it up to me and to them that, hey, we finished connecting person to person, now I'm with you, I think I'm meditating because mm -hmm. I am so centered and noticing so much and any thoughts of my own on what happened before or will happen next are gone. What say you, Helia? No, and I think that's exactly the practice. So that what you're describing is sounds to me like you make an effort to be mindful, mm. present for the person that is in front of you. I do. Listening to each one of the words, try not to judge them, but just to receive the words that you hear and also noticing what that brings to you so you can share that bag and connect mm -hmm. with each other. So, and I think that what the meditation does, and I, I see meditation more like the practice and mindfulness more like how you apply that in your daily life, exactly what you're just describing. I think, in my view, just making an analogy, I think meditation is like doing sports. There are many different ways of doing sports. Some of them works better for some people. Some works not so good for some people. And by the way, you talked about meditating before sleeping. Meditation is like doing sports. Your brain is an exercise for the brain. It's basically an undivided attention that you, when you do the traditional sitting meditation, you are giving undivided attention to observe how your brain works. That's what mm. you're doing. Mm. You are noticing, oh, I'm thinking that. I'm feeling this. That's what's happening in my body. So you are noticing a lot of stuff. So you are really actively exercising a lot of stuff that do not necessarily will lead you to have a relaxed state afterwards. It might actually make you more excited. It, more it does. That's why I think I get frustrated at self-preservation. And that's absolutely normal. So it, it's not abnormal to have that feeling. I think part of the, the way I go for my meditations is with the intention of experiencing that city. That's it. And each sitting is different from each other. So, and from each sitting, there is a different learn. In one sitting, I can notice that, oh, I'm noticing a discomfort that I was not used to notice. Mm -hmm. I'm noticing that my left leg gets a little bit dormant now. And I can bear that discomfort without moving. Mm -hmm. Oh, I notice that I'm judging myself that 
need to be strong to bear the the pain, for example, or whatever. So, but you start to notice what is happening in your brain, and that's that's part of the the exercise. And <clears throat> not have expectation of I will feel relaxed after. Or the only thing that the meditation, the formal practice of meditation, will do is actually help you to become more aware of how your brain works and be able to notice that. Uh, your brain and your body, and be able to notice that more frequently. That that's a bit of the spirit that I go at least for my own meditation. I love that, Helio. And as I close, I think we just have to have you come back. So I have a hundred other questions. <laughs> but to close this first delightful conversation, in that, so if you did want to use meditation as a tool to help induce more sleepy feelings or relaxed feelings, so you can have a better chance of falling to sleep earlier than later, would it be best to perhaps do it earlier in the evening? And then maybe one thing this Indian doctor I hired suggested, which I thought was a great idea, empty your head with everything that's in it, write it down, and then tear it up and throw it away. Everything. So maybe could you do that kind of practice, combine it? I think both practices are also very helpful. And I think if the intention that you have is to be grounded most of the time, Mm. I like to think about this idea of doing some pop-up meditations. So what I mean by that is you don't need to sit for 20 minutes to meditate. You can, in between one meeting and another, you have five minutes interval, just take one, two, three deep breaths, pause, notice what you're feeling, just doing those things in a regular basis during the day. Or if you are painting, noticing the painting, if you're washing the dishes, noticing the washing the dishes or washing your hands. So just doing that a few times, being able to focus on the present always helps. And I think for people that can actually connect with the breath or the sensations in general, they are very good tools to connect to the present moment. So am I feeling cold and feeling hot? Where my body is touching? What are the, am I feeling the, the touch of the, the jacket or whatever? Breathing in, breathing out. So just these small sensations help you to be in the present moment. Beautiful. That's the part I'm going to integrate and take away from our chat today. And I'm going to start it right away. Cool. All right. Thank you, Debbie. Thank you so much, Helio. How can my listeners find you? I'll put whatever information you provide next in the show notes, but if you want to share it right now, go right ahead. I'm a meditation student, so I think the only social media that I'm actually available is LinkedIn, so they can find my name in LinkedIn. I don't have any other social media at all. No way, and that's part of your path and journey? Had in the past... It just distracted me unnecessarily. I'm hearing this. I'm hearing this. This is a pattern. I think you're on it. Thank you so much, Helio. It was absolutely wonderful having you here today. Right. Cool. Thank you. Thank you. Bye-bye. From the U.S. state of Wisconsin, you've been listening to Competency Number 5. Want to learn more about communications and coaching? See my show notes for my LinkedIn profile, website and my medium channel there you'll gain more tips and techniques on effective communications including the coach approach to leading and communicating thank you to my producer dota nayini for the elegant edits that you hear in each episode 
and to the indie rock band from Seattle, Wiretree, for my podcast music. You're listening to Marching Band. You can follow Competency Number 5 wherever you get your podcasts. Do forward this episode to those you care for and love. Speak with you next episode, and bye-bye for now. Oh, yeah.